welcome to Now Fear This with Becky and Marie, the podcast about all the things that scare the shit out of you and a few things that don't. I'm Marie, and this is my bud, Becky. How you doing, Becky? Doing pretty good. I don't know why we're talking like rednecks all of a sudden. How's it going, Becky? We are from Texas or something. What do you you fear today, Becky? (laughs) (laughs) Well... The first thing I'm fearing is what you had for lunch. Subway? Yes, Subway is one, is probably the place that I would pass by even if I were starving in a desert. I would keep going. Like, Why? I find it horrible. <laughs> That's what you wanted for lunch. I'm like, on purpose? Like, I can't, I, I hate Subway. Hate. Okay, well, so... Do you like sandwiches? Yes, good you sandwiches. Do. I think their bread is vile. I think they're they're just like, and I'm not a snob about food. Fuck if it's not processed or fried, I don't want any part of it. So that's not that's not anything to do with snobbery at all. Because mm-hmm. I love fast food and anything horrible for you. I just cannot handle Subway. I cannot handle Subway. <sighs> well, you so, know what? My first thought when I got the Subway was <sighs> I. I don't love Subway, but I was like, what can I eat fast that's somewhat healthy? And that's what, why what I did you end up eating at Subway that was somewhat healthy. What sandwich did I get? Yeah. I got the cold cut combo the way that uh, child molester likes it. Do you know what I'm talking about? You know, the guy from Subway, <laughs> the guy that was advertising, <laughs> I got Jared the child molester sandwich because <laughs> it's like low calorie. Is it? Yeah. Okay. It's like 200. I'm going to fact check you on that. It's like, it is. It's like 250 calories. Are you, did you say you're going to fat check me? I'm oh, no, you just said you were going to fat check me. That's terrible, Becky. <laughs> now we're body shaming? I'm not body shaming. Well, you're sandwich, shaming. well first of all, you're, you're sandwich shaming me. I am sandwich shaming you. I don't, and by the way, so if, sorry. Of our, I don't I, want to hear I from I hate it people food shame. I really don't food shame because this happened to me at the grocery store. Did I tell you this already? This was about a month and a half, two months ago, maybe even longer than that, maybe early summer. And I was checking out the grocery store and we're COVID, right? We're still, we were still in COVID, like complete, like you cannot eat outside of your home. And I got like three bottles of wine, <laughs> some Intenman chocolate donuts and like some Cheetos or something like, you know, mm-hmm. my happy place. And the dude behind me, this old man behind me goes, oh, I see you're going for the healthy choices today. And I, I, I go, I looked him right in the eye and I go, are we really food shaming right now during COVID? I go, you're lucky I didn't have six bottles of wine in this basket right now. Can what did he say? That? Huh? What did he say? Nothing. He just kind of laughed beneath his mask and, and, you know, kind of just scoffed it off. And I was like, that's so rude. Don't, first of all, don't look at someone's basket. Second, don't talk about someone's basket, you know? But anyway, I really am not saying that you are gross reading Subway. I'm saying I can't handle Subway. <laughs> I have a friend who, um, and he listens to this podcast because he's told me, and so he'll know it's him. And I have a friend who absolutely hates fried food, all fried food, including mm-hmm. like fried chicken and stuff. And he thinks it's just the grossest. And I'm like, I don't think there's anything better than really good fried chicken. So I don't feel insulted if he doesn't like fried chicken. That's what I'm trying to say. So all of you out there who love Subway and Hey, if Subway wants to sponsor, no, I don't think I, I don't think I want that. I don't, um, I don't love just for the record. I don't love Subway. I just wanted the child molester sandwich. Cause it's low calorie. That's all. Okay. 
Again, I will fact check that just, <laughs> just to see. Hey, did you see how much weight he lost? Do you know why he lost all that weight on Subway? No. Because he was running his child porn stuff in his dorm and didn't want to leave his dorm because the servers would crash and Subway was downstairs in his dorm. And that's he, he would walk downstairs to Subway and walk back up to get back on the porn. That's why yeah. he lost all that well, weight. Well, I'm sorry, my Subway just came up a little bit and... <clears throat> Right, I have my right. chocolate intonment, my little intonment donuts waiting for me to have a snack during our show. That's how committed I am to the eating terrible. I am very That's committed. Great. I ate my Subway and now I'm just going to deny myself for the rest of this podcast. If this goes on too much longer, I'm going to have to go start drinking. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, wait, are um, we still in our intro? <laughs> who knew we had so much to say about Subway? I know. I know. And those of you who love Subway out there, I'm really... I'm not sorry. I'm just, uh, you know, I'm not judging you. I promise. I love all y'all. All right. I'm ready. I'm done. That was it. That's all I had on Subway. <laughs> My fear this morning is really simple, actually, and it doesn't. What are you fearing me. today, Marie? Oh, sorry. I cut you off. <laughs> what are you fearing today, Marie? I <laughs> am fearing my reflection in my ipad what the fuck <laughs> okay so in the morning so since what's it doing what is it distorting you i'm trying to see what do you well i look like shit in my ipad i'm telling you right now like it's the angle because like normally when i pick it up it's early in the morning i'm laying in bed so i guess i'm tipping it up but i look like hell i'm like well, if you hold it below you your chin and everything looks just yeah everything's gonna look bad yeah you have to angle know. it up. I think that that Apple should come up with some sort of like glass or something you can put over the front of it that makes it non-reflective. Because I just don't want to see that. I don't want to see. Oh. I'm telling you, I look really bad. I look maybe like 10 years older. And my, wow. neck, my neck looks wrinkly. And I don't yeah, know. I mean, your neck is always going to look bad in those in those angles. Yeah. Maybe the new, um, the new Apple, the new um, iPhone and iPads will improve on that somehow magically well i'm gonna begin by asking you uh, a question and let's see if you get the answer correct oh lord okay ready here we go i say your hair looks really nice today <laughs> what do you do when i say that <laughs> oh lord oh lord um I almost didn't put my name on this show as Becky because of this. I almost said Rebecca. Um, I, Hold on, wait, let me just try that. Okay. Welcome to Now Fear This with Rebecca <laughs> and Marie. <laughs> no, that doesn't work. It doesn't? With, okay. but it is my name. I do like the name Rebecca. I like it better than Becky. Do you want, do you want me to start calling you Rebecca? No, everybody, I, I don't care either one. Like literally Becca, I don't care either any nickname, any whatever. Because half my friends call me Rebecca, half my friends call me Becky. I don't care. It, neither one bothers. Well, we can change our logo for the 25th million time. All <laughs> 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 we've been changing. No, I think Becky sounds happier, which we're trying to go for in our comedy part of this thing. So let's go with Becky. But I've had, I've had a difficult time with my names ever since, I don't even know. Like it's been going on for a while. Hard years. Well, I did, I did see you flip your hair, but you didn't, you didn't respond. Call me Becky bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say it. I'm never, ever, you're never going to say it. Yeah. going to be caught saying it. I'm never no. going to. And I, of course, 
maybe we should start with the beginning of what we're talking about, which is fearing our names becoming a meme and how, yeah, it is funny. It can be funny, but it can also be a part of or actually lead to crime and murder. So I fear my name becoming a meme, but I don't because my name has always been a meme. It's already I've ever known in my entire life. And just when I think it goes away, it comes back with songs and references and women who call the police on Black people who are barbecuing in a public park. All right, Barbecue Becky. Yep. Yeah. I know. I know. I'm going to say, though, you there were a couple of names that were in the running for the position of Karen. And I think Becky was a top contender. So I do think you you dodged a bullet there. I did a lot of research on this in the last few days just because I, I know what I feel like it means, but I want to know what people mean when they say it, when they call someone a quote unquote Becky or all that stuff. And yeah, and Karen and, and, and Karen and Becky actually have different meanings. They um, do. They do. A, yeah. There's even a Merriam Webster entry on a Becky and what that really means. And it's not the same thing as a Karen. No. Yeah. So what would you say, how would you describe a Karen, Marie? What do, what do people out there believe when they're referring to a Karen? Like, what's their definition? Right, of right. A Karen is a, a middle-aged white woman that feels entitled to just spout off whatever and, and be abusive and, and use her privilege to, to just throw her weight around, essentially. Yeah, and she always asks for the manager, right? right. I mean, that's the, Karen is the one who wants to see the manager. And in the last few months about with all the last, I don't know, almost most of the year with COVID, it's been even worse. Like there's the Karen who was in a Costco screaming about not wanting to wear a mask. In my neighborhood. Who was demanding to go see her dentist just because, and wouldn't go in because they refused to let her in without taking her temperature. And she threatened to call her lawyer because of it, you know? Yeah. You know what, you know what bugs me though about the talking to the manager thing is like, Sometimes you do have a legit reason for talking to the manager. Like now you have to like, depending on like me, I have a sassy Bob and I'm a middle-aged woman. So I'm like, do I need to be, you know, do I need to be on guard? Like, I think, I think the Karen manager question, when Karen wants to see a manager, it's for an absolutely non-legitimate reason. That's the difference for, I mean, she's asking to see the manager because of something completely mundane where her white privilege was not accepted completely just because she was white or just because she's a woman or whatever. Then when she asks to see the manager, it's, it's, there's nothing legitimate about it because of her reasoning behind it. That's the difference. I don't think asking to see a manager is, is in and of itself emblematic of some, some problem with the person asking. Right. But I see what you're saying about the perception of it. Uh, It's like people can't even talk about things without worrying if they're crossing Mm -hmm. a boundary or they're saying something wrong. Like, and I'm not saying, uh, you know, pour all the Karens out there, but I still don't believe that that gives people a right to destroy other people's lives regardless and and it's karen's now but it's been other things in the in the past you know yeah so in my in terms of my name there's so many different connotations to it in pop culture going way back 
I did a research, little research on it. It said that there was a woman named Becky Sharp in a book I never read called Vanity Fair from like the 18- I've read Vanity Fair, William Makepeace Thackeray. And she's a, she's a social climber who apparently just sleeps around to get ahead or something like that. And then Becky Thatcher and Tom Sawyer was, mm-hmm. was this kind of unattainable blonde, you know, person. And then we fast forward to, you know, the eighties started tormenting. Oh my God, Becky. I did torture other girls with the name Becky with that. I, I'm guilty of that. Marie. I know. Um, and then I thought it went away. I was like, oh, okay. You know, like we're, we're finally settled down. And then apparently that is not true. And we're tracing it all the way through some rap songs. And one of them apparently about 10 years ago or so refers to a woman who just gives blowjobs to anyone in sight. That's a Becky. And then we of course have, you know what that song is? I'd like to add it to my playlist. I think it's called Becky. Okay. I like, I don't, know, I, like I don't know who it was, but that's the reference. I've, I've seen it several times when I was doing the research on it. And then we had a beautiful Beyonce come out with this song that referenced Becky with the good hair. Okay. So I've never heard Becky with the good hair until this morning. Right. Okay. So I was like, I should try and listen to that song. And I'm like, when did she say the Becky thing? And it was at the very end. And it was so dramatic. Like the vibrato, <laughs> Becky with the good hair. I was like, wow, I don't know. It me to stop giving my name at Starbucks. I started just saying I, my name was like Rachel or something or Beth. I just started, I just changed my name. I, I couldn't hear it. People couldn't resist, even some good friends, you know. Did they sing it like I just did? No, they just say it. Oh. There she is, Becky with the good hair. And I was like, but that's, that means something completely different. Hold on. I've got the urban, dig- I printed out the urban. Uh, oh, dig- let's hear it. Let's hear it. Okay. So first we have just plain Becky. It's a stereotypical basic white girl obsessed with Starbucks, Ugg boots, and trying to have a bigger butt. I, I can check off one thing on here, which is the Ugg boots. Cause I know you're obsessed with those. Not obsessed, but I do have a pair. I've heard you talk about Uggs. I'm not saying you fit the stereotype. You heard me talk about them. Yeah, many, many years ago, you were like my Uggs this and my Uggs that. Uh-oh. You were, girl. Sorry. <laughs> You've got to tell me when that was. It was when we went to Vegas. I mean, you were wearing Uggs and you- Vegas, oh, the only thing that matters in Vegas is comfortable shoes. I'm not judging you. I'm just saying that. I forgot I had those super comfortable ones that they were like black leather ones. Yeah. They were cute, but there's like always a thread of truth in every stereotype. So you don't even like Starbucks, right? No, I do. Oh, you do. Okay. Cause you were, you were giving me a hard time for drinking Starbucks. When? I don't know. Cause I'm always telling you, you're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm going to Starbucks. Oh, you're always going through the Starbucks drive-thru. Oh yeah. I Starbucks. No, I wasn't teasing you about that. It's like every time I call and I'm jealous because out here in the middle of nowhere, there's no Starbucks. There's, I mean, like I'd have to drive an hour and a half to find a Starbucks. But I, do you want to hear the, do you want to hear the other Becky definition? Oh yeah. A basic Becky. That's different in Urban Dictionary. This is a girl. This is so specific, by the way. This is a girl who thinks and tries too hard to be different, but in reality brings nothing new to the table. Guys love to wife her up because she's safe and boring due to her lack of brain cells. She is easy to cheat on and always will be your loyal side bitch since she's too busy gluing rhinestones back on her iPhone case to realize what's actually going on. 
That is very specific. It's very, there's more. There's that is more. like, okay, let me hear more. Her biggest problem on Friday night is falling after her heel gets caught in the cobblestone while chasing after her boyfriend in the meatpacking district. Is this like a, a budding writer that just got bored? <laughs> I don't know. This is like he's, he's writing a character. He's and then at the very end of it, it says, when you say basic Becky or basic Becky bitch, it's important that you put an emphasis on the B. Yeah. So just really pop the Bs when you say it. Oh, like spit your COVID all over whoever you're talking to when you say it. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's really good. With the, this whole basic thing came out, I think it was about pumpkin spice lattes. Cause like, don't they say that basic girls really like pumpkin spice lattes? Yes, that's definitely one of the things that they're obsessed yeah. with the pumpkin spice. And I absolutely hate pumpkin spice. I don't like pumpkin spice either, but I I'm not. And it as a flavor. I can't imagine drinking a coffee that's got that flavor. Yeah. So no, and we're going to find out it's in some point, we're going to find out it's like pink slime, like it's made out of something really dangerous. Because it's not pumpkin. Yeah, but I have a couple of single friends and then my trainer, like whenever I want to know about some of these pop culture terms that I'm just not familiar with, I always ask them. And so I was asking her what that meant to be basic. I just didn't get it. She was explaining it to me and I'm like, am I basic? And she's like, no, you're not basic. <laughs> I said it like, I'm like, now I don't know, should I be basic or should I not be basic? I'm so confused. Anyway, should so I, I strive to be basicer? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't oh, know. Here it is. The name of that song is Becky and it's by someone named or called P-L-I-E-S. Plies or please, P-L-I-E-S. Okay, I don't know. And it has to do with her just giving oral sex or something. Nice. Maybe you should play that at your birthday instead of like happy birthday. Why don't you just do a compilation of all the Becky references and then send that to me for my birthday? I'm going to totally do that now. That'd be awesome. Well, do you think there's a danger in labeling someone like a Karen or a Becky? Do you think, do you think there's some potential, um, is it problematic in some way beyond just for people named Becky or Karen? I do think there is a problem. What do you think that is? I think it dehumanizes people. Um, I think you, I don't think it's like a lot of people are talking about it being reverse racism. I don't, first of all, I don't believe in reverse anything, particularly reverse racism. I do think the term Karen on some level is probably an attack on women in general. And uh, we've seen a progression now. It's there. People are even saying, well, this person is a black Karen or that man is a Karen. I think it does allow people to dehumanize in such a way that they can then demonize and not think of that person as a human. Yeah. Then you can do violence. You can do whatever you want towards them. You know, speaking of violence, are you familiar with the Isla Vista murders, the mass murders from 2014, I believe? No, not at all. What about the... Um, Toronto van murders. Ten people killed there, mowed down by a van. No? Haven't heard of those either. What about the Tallahassee yoga shootings from about three years ago? I haven't heard about that, but you've you've got me with yoga shooting because that sounds interesting. Okay. You want to look at what I sent you? And we will talk about some of the other serious and 
potentially dangerous definitions of a Becky. So what I sent you is directly related to how there are certain definitions of a Becky that are intricately connected to crime and murder. And I'm surprised you're so chill about this. Like I was, I was actually going to ask you if you had overcome all the trauma from high school. (laughs) Who overcomes high school trauma? No, it's Uh, not a thing. No, I think I'm old enough to, to not care one way or the other, but um, I still worry when I say it, if people are going to, you know, laugh at me or sing something at me. Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the weird thing about it is you can't react bad. You can't go, that's not funny. Cause then you're, then you're a jerk. Then you are a Becky. You have to, oh yeah, that's funny. I've never heard that before. You know, (laughs) I I do think this is a moment to pause and give a little bit of for our five straight male listeners. Yeah. uh, Don't go up to a girl and sing a song with her name in it as a pickup. Good call. If you do, you should be convicted of first degree cheesiness and two counts of douchebaggery. Aggravated douchebaggery. Aggravated. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't have it that bad because because in terms of of lyrics to sing at me, there's not that many. But if I mean there's like two songs that have my name in it. One of them's like operatic. And then the other is this country song called My Marie. And if someone sings that to me, they're like 60 or 70 years old. So let's talk about your pictures you sent. Okay. So describe, not the words, but describe the second picture I sent you. Okay. I mean, it kind of looks like me with long hair. (laughs) The girl's got like a, a hoodie, which is like my favorite I'm wearing one right now. She's brown hair. She's slim. She's got like some black sort of jean leggings on with the ripped knees, some boots. And she's studious. She's got a backpack and some books. She's got her hair up in a bun. Yeah. She's kind of an average looking girl, right? I mean, just like maybe an average looking college student or something. Yeah. yeah. Now, what about the other picture I sent you? Okay, so the other actually looks like a sex worker. She's got like pump heels. Her boobies are popping out. She's, I mean, her dress is not covering her bottom. And she does have the, oh my God, Becky bottom. She's got blonde hair. She's very tan. Yeah, so those pictures are related to how labeling people might feel like it's kind of funny, and it can be funny, but, you know, it can turn very, very serious, and it can be very, very dangerous. How familiar are you with incel stuff? You said you read a little bit about it. When you mentioned it to me, I was not familiar with it at all. Really? Um, the incel world, which stands for involuntary celibates, started out as a group of guys online who were trying to console each other essentially for not being able to get girls and even trying to help each other out a little bit by trying to help each other figure out how to get girls but it turned into something really ugly for a certain parts of this this incel group and it turned into a bunch of men who believe that the world owes them sex the reason why that matters is because 
these incel community have created these memes and named and labeled people based on how they look or what they wear and think that everything in the world is based on looks. There's a Becky, a Stacy, and a Chad. The first picture that I sent you, the drawing that I sent you, is a Becky, which the descriptions around her on that little drawing are that she wants to have people look at her, but they don't. She wants to fuck a Chad. Chads are like these, uh, the pinnacle of what these incel guys think that a man should be, you know, like super good looking, he's got giant muscles, he's got girls hanging on him all the time, and usually they're hanging off his dick. So Becky wants a Chad hanging around her, but you know, she can't get a Chad. So Becky is like, who these incel guys think should be fucking them. And then they blame her, Becky, for them not having sex because who do they think they are for not fucking them? You know, makes sense, right? Totally logical. She has a, a few beta orbiters and a beta is what these incel guys refer to themselves as because the, the chads are the alphas and they're the betas. And then she has a nerdy bun. Her clothing hides her small tits and her flat ass. She thinks guys like the natural look. She's working on her meme career and she needs to wear super tight yoga pants to get a few looks. And the other picture that, that looks like somebody who you would pay for sex acts is a Stacy, which is like their pinnacle of what they believe women should look like. And the descriptions are really gross. Big tits and ass show fertility, sexy, majestic, long blonde hair. This is the one that bothers me the most. Her naturally curvy body gives men instant erections. And so one of the things that is so prominent in the incel world is that they blame women for everything and never look at their own selves. So they would blame her, like that whole idea of what was she wearing? You know, if I if I sexually assaulted her, well, what was she wearing? I couldn't help myself. She asked for it and I couldn't stop myself. But this subculture of guys, they talk about women and they refer to women. It's like they're not, they're feminoid. They're not even human. They're humanoids. But the Becky is a girl who's on what they see as their level. And so instead of saying, well, maybe I should change myself to make myself interesting so that I can get a woman interested in me. They turn this frustration into rage online. And it gets fed into this echo chamber of this quote-unquote incel movement. It's how dare that bitch not fuck me. Now I'm going to go kill as many as I can. And when they turn their rage outward and start killing people, they aim specifically at women. And so the Isla Vista murders, I'm going to do this tradition of not naming mass murders. I'll just tell you the location because I don't want them to have names. So the Isla Vista guy, he's one of those guys who left a manifesto, you know, on YouTube or on his mm -hmm. Facebook or whatever. And it was all about women. Why don't you like me? Why don't you love me? I should have all these women and da 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 And then he, that, that night he went out and, and killed as many people as he could. And he drove around and did it in different locations. And they finally, he killed himself, I believe in his car. The one in Toronto a few years back, he mowed down people in his van. And one of the things that's prominent in this incel murder world is these guys worship the previous killers. Like they worship the guy who killed in Isla Vista, California, like worship. He's known as the supreme gentleman of this movement because he actually martyred himself for the movement of all these boys who can't get girls. And the guy in, in Toronto, he lived. And so he was one of the few who's lived in these mass murders. You know, a lot of times they kill themselves or the police too. And he, he's identified as this incel thing. And, 
Really? So someone that's a part of the movement has identified themselves is actually committing or has committed murders. Absolutely. And the guy who went into a yoga studio in Tallahassee uh, a few years ago, he put on noise canceling headphones. He acted like he had a gym bag, you know, to unroll his yoga mat. And he pulled out a gun and started shooting people. And there were a couple of people in the yoga studio who tackled him or tried to or confronted him. And he, he killed himself before the police could get there. He was also an incel. And he blamed women for all of his problems. And he went in there to kill women. The Parkland shooter, the high school Parkland shooter, his writings and his stuff indicated he was also an incel. So this is not just speculation. I mean, this is their own words, their own manifestos on videos and, and things. And so I know we've taken a dark turn, but the point for me is there is, like you said earlier, a danger in making someone the other and giving someone a name or a label that makes them less human. And you, if, if someone's less than human to you, well, then why wouldn't you give yourself permission to do some, whatever you want to them? They're not even an animal like a pet that you love. It's like an object. And so to say, yeah. you know, so it's more than just like, these are guys who wish that they could date a girl. It absolutely it can turn and it has turned. And even, even this week, the, the guy in Germany who murdered people in the last week, the police um, have said that his writings and his online life indicate he was also part of the incel movement. There's this book called Less Than Human, and it explains the dehumanization process. Okay. David Smith, the author, author of Less Than Human, explains that dehumanization is a process in response to conflicting motives. We want to harm a group of people, but it goes against our wiring as members of a social species to actually harm, kill, torture, or degrade other humans. Smith explains that there are very deep and natural inhibitions that prevent us from treating other people like animals, game, or dangerous predators. He writes, humanization is a way of subverting those inhibitions, and dehumanization always starts with language. Yep. So... The process of dehumanization starts with creating an enemy image yep. or whatever. Then the second thing is you take sides, you lose trust and you get extremely angry. The third thing that happens is, and this is the big one, you lose the ability to listen, communicate or have empathy for the mm -hmm. enemy image. Then it becomes good versus evil morally inferior and you think the person that you're have created the enemy image of is dangerous and then the final stage which can lead to violence is zero-sum thinking so if this person continues to exist then I can't achieve my goals mm. and I wanted to bring it up here at the end of all of this labeling and naming you know I was really happy when Joe Biden and his acceptance speech talked about uniting and that we need to stop demonizing each other. And I think the political climate has been so toxic in terms of people saying, I can't be friends with this person because of their political beliefs. I can't be friends with somebody because they don't believe this one part of the party platform or whatever. And it's super toxic. Like you just said, you know, you you make them the other and it starts with language and it, you know, continues into a mindset that 
you give yourself permission to, to do terrible things. And so one of the things that I, I brought it up before, and I'm going to read part of it to you, but it relates to what you just said. And it's Albert Bandura has a seven step process called moral disengagement and how we humans commit atrocities and live with themselves. So one of the things is dehumanizing the victim. And if, if you say they, they are to blame for what I'm doing to them, you know, like the idea of mass shootings and we aim it at women. Well, it's their fault. And that's one of the things that a lot of those mass shooters say in their manifestos in, and one of them was the Virginia Tech killer whose name I'm not going to say, but he killed 30 something people in one of the biggest school shootings ever. And in his videos leading up to his murder, he said all that. And he was an incel. He just didn't, there wasn't the online world to explore back name. then, you know, but he fits that profile hundred percent. And one of the things he said in his manifestos and videos that he sent to the news outlets was, was that you did this. You could have stopped this. You made me do this. You know, the blame of the victim right. is their behavior led to what you're doing to them. And so it's the same thing with the Beckys and the, and the Stacys and the, you know, it, go, it all goes back to the same idea that they're not a human being to us, or at least not as, not as, not as much of a human being as we are. We're better than them. And I, I mean, we've, we've touched on this in some, some of our other episodes that will come out, but it's a combination of things. And I'm not sure how to combat it exactly, because I'm not a fan of censorship on any level, but pornography certainly creates an unrealistic expectation for guys. So that's, mm-hmm. that's an issue. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. there's that, then there's all this messaging online and, and to a certain extent, boys have always done this in high school and stuff, comparing girls lists about girls and things like that. But now it's being mobilized on the internet and it's being normalized as opposed to just like some pornography stuff too, is being normalized as opposed to, Hey, this is something you talk about in the locker room or like you don't want people to know you're talking about it (laughs) even the prevalence with which women receive dick pics it's it's crazy to me how people are exchanging photos of their private parts before they even meet in person i have actually i i will i have no problem with saying i have never once had someone send me a picture of their penis (laughs) ever that is not something I would like. <laughs> yes. And please, that I would like for it to stay that way. That would be great. Yes. Thank Do you. Do I need to put that in my, uh, like my profile? <laughs> Never. S- no, then I'll start getting a bunch of. I know. Like, let's not invite, not invite that. Yeah. Are you, are you aware of where some people trace the term Karen to? No, do tell. So in 2005, Dane Cook has a he has a comedy sketch in which he refers to someone called a Karen. Karen is the friend that nobody likes. And he does a whole bit about her. And some people well, that's funny because I think Dane Cook is the friend that nobody likes. <laughs> well I just made me think of it because non-funny well Sorry. he's always saying like the kind of stuff what you're saying, but he's the New York Times was saying that he coined the phrase Karen. And what made me think of it was, you think guys, I feel like guys get a pass and I'm not sure why. So like, I've seen so many men just love to use the term Karen and they they love to use the, the, the term Becky, but there's not really any terms towards men that have the same power. So like, 
a Chad may be a d- douchebag, but there's still some connotation of powerfulness or he gets chicks or he's still a cool guy. Yeah. Y- you know, and nobody's going to beat up the Brads and the Chads. Nobody's wanting to kill the Chads. They cower to them. So it's just interesting that the female memes take on in a way that the male ones don't. And they, the ones who turn murderous are not aiming at the chads. They're aiming at the women. Right. They don't, you know, they don't blame, quote unquote, blame the chads for their prowess. They blame the girls for not paying attention to them. Right. There's this whole, I mean, dudes, if you are an incel and you're listening to this, (laughs) why? But um, please, (laughs) I don't understand the idea of they have convinced themselves that the only men who get women are good looking. And I'm like, have you seen like any guy who's married, who's not a 10? What do you think? How do you think he got that girl? He was probably interesting and funny and, and, you know, made her laugh and has good stories and has a good personality and, and doesn't just sit there. So like, get off your couch and don't just sit there Improve yourself, become interesting and women will like you. And even if you're not good looking. But what does that even mean? You know, what does good looking mean? Because this seems to be a common theme in movies. I mean, the first movie that comes to mind is Rushmore, but you can find it across all cinema. The idea of the nerdy guy, if you want to say the, what is it, the alpha and the, the beta guy that is in love with a girl that's maybe way out of his league for a variety of reasons. Maybe she's too old for him. She's too pretty, whatever. And there's a beautiful, smart woman that is in love with him, but he doesn't notice her. So I I think there's probably a lot of these incels out there that have set their standard on a type of woman based on pornography or something else that's not a real person. And there are probably, despite their character flaws, real women that like them and have liked them. It's just they're doing the same thing to women that they think women are doing to them. Of course, yes. yes. They're rejecting Absolutely. women that they feel are not in, in their league or don't fit their ideal. You know, so I, that's part of it. And then I also remember a male friend of mine relating to me. There was a girl that liked him. And he was like, but she wants me to change. And I don't know why women always want, want me to change. Women always want to change men. And he had a lot of issues going on at the time. And I'm like, but wait a second, you want her to accept you with all the shit you've got going on in your life. Then you're also asking her to change too, because there's things that you are doing that would fund, if she got with you in a relationship, would fundamentally cause her to change who she is as a person. So who's being rigid here? But if you're an incel or you're involved in an organization that does this kind of stuff, then you're basically saying, I want a fembot. I want a woman that completely bends to me and does whatever I want. You're not looking that's, for really- That's exactly right. And there's always a story you tell yourself, you know, and there's always lies you tell yourself. The lies they tell themselves are so deep and so- malignant that they don't see the truth and the truth might be that you're good looking and I mean 
some of these murderers, they're not horrible looking and they're probably, some girls would really think they're good looking. Like, uh, you know, everybody's, there's a butt for every saddle, so to speak, if we're going to be texting about it, but it's easier, isn't it? You know, it's easier. it's easier to sit, sit on your couch, do nothing, blame the world for your problems mm. and, and just write on your little blogs. And, and like I said, whenever we talked about marriage and stuff, um, and our, if you haven't listened to our previous episode, um, um, serial duos, um, our previous episode where we talked a little bit about, or maybe that was in a psychoanalyze yourself over a Corona about what makes a good marriage or what makes marriage last. And one of those things is marry someone you find interesting, but also be interesting, which frankly ain't always easy. It's easier to sit on the couch and eat Cheetos and watch Lifetime. I love sitting on the couch, eating Cheetos and watching Lifetime. But would that maybe a very interesting person after a while? Nope. You know, and, and you're not going to find good people in your life or surround yourself with good people unless you are an interesting person. Right. And I always like to be fair. I, I don't know that women are starting a group where they're rating men online. Maybe they are. But I do think that a lot of women also complain that they can't find a good man. Um, they don't go out and murder men, though. So that's sort of the difference. Exactly. But- but oh, I have a lot of friends over the years that complain there's no good men, there's no good men in LA, there's no good men, whatever. And they're engaging in kind of the same behavior. It's like, it takes effort on the part of both, on the part of both people. I'm not saying it's easy. If it was easy, everybody be married and happy and, and all that. But there is a certain amount of compromise. Like, I think you have to decide if you want to be in a relationship, are you cool with compromising? Because it's also cool to be single too, right? I mean, you can have a, a perfectly happy life. You can date people. You can be on your own and single. And that's a great choice. But if you want to be in a relationship, you do have to compromise. It's just the nature of the setup. Yeah. And and neither. That's another myth, right? That being in a marriage or being in a relationship is the magic bullet. And you're going to be happy if you have that. No, both of them are hard work and both of them are great and both of them suck. Being single and being married, both of them, both, both situations in life have their ups and downs and both of them are not the right thing and are the right thing at different times. And neither one of them is going to be the solution. Neither one of them, you know? And I mean, I mean, this is not like a self-help, you know, everybody work on yourself, go work on yourself. And but don't. this is not a self-help podcast. I don't want to help people. Um, but- We're really not trying to help anyone. <laughs> so if you, if you've gotten anything good out of this, just I don't know, drink, drink heavily and make sure you forget because maybe you'll forget it right away. We are not trying to help you at all. <laughs> so we were talking about names that have tortured people. And I know you've gone through a lot and I want to say I'm sorry in advance. <laughs> are you sorry to the Beckys you teased when you were a kid? Yes, yes to all the Beckys I've teased before. <laughs> My singing today is awful. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, sorry. I'm gonna edit out all the singing or put it in whichever mm-hmm. but and I don't mind saying her name but my best friend in high school Diana really suffered from dirty Diana dirty Diana I yeah. mean first of all Diana is the sweetest nicest she dressed very conservatively and then you just have all these nasty boys going up to her and like mm. making gestures and singing dirty Diana it was it was pretty traumatizing for her I bet I may have also sang Dirty to Diana to her as well. Yeah, but you're the, the best friend gets That's to. true. That's true. <laughs> and she she left a few bruises from punching me about it. 
I was thinking of other horrible names to have and just trying to see what kind of names people said. So the, some, some of the other ones I had on here, Allegra, because you know, that's the allergy. I medicine. know the medicine. I know. Like, I don't think that I was trying to think of some other, like some of those drugs out there, but Allegra is the only one I could think of that was like, nobody's going to name their kid Claritin. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, my, my sinus pressure was finally relieved and I felt like having sex. And then I was like, wow, <laughs> I got pregnant. So <laughs> I'm going to name my kid. Um, anyone with the last name, Dick. That is an unfortunate name, man. I just, I, I do feel bad for that. Yeah. I knew a girl with that last name. I knew a girl with that last name. Was her name Anita? No, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> That's why you should change it. Just change it. Yes, yeah. Your name is Harry Dick or Anita Dick. Or Mia. Or I'm a, I'm a dick. I'm a dick. Sorry. One that stuck out to me was a girl said her parents named her Alexa. Oh my God. <laughs> I've thought about that in the last few years. Like it's, it's, you're fucked. How could they have named that thing some of the names that people actually have? And think about if you have an Alexa home too. And your That's name I mean. is Alexa awful i would never i would never i don't trust those things anyway yeah i have heard stories i don't know if they're true that kind of sounds like the tinfoil hat thing but how people are just having a conversation and siri or alexa thinks that you want to send a text message to somebody that you say their name and then yeah one of the first one of the first big stories about that was true because it was it was vetted is a couple were talking just having a regular conversation and alexa recorded it and emailed it to someone from her phone. And so the person who got it called her and goes, why am I getting an email of a conversation you were having in your kitchen? She's like, what the hell are you talking about? He sent it to her. It was so fucking scary. I mean, oh, oh. I fear yeah. that. I fear that. Cause I'm talking shit. I fear Alexa. Yeah. I fear Alexa. And then I'm sad because I'm talking about people who actually have that name. I don't, that's. Right. I mean, like when James and I are watching TV or whatever, we talk so much shit. Like, I oh my God, we can't have Alexa. <laughs> no. And I was at one of my best friend's houses and recently who has Alexa. And, and I was, I was editing myself. I didn't want to say any names. I thought if, if I say a name and Alexa hears it, who knows what she's going to do with it. I like, it's, I, I'm scared of Alexa. Yeah. I'm yeah. Alexa. I think that's probably a, a legit fear. Now, nobody needs to worry about having the name Siri unless you're a Scientologist. Isn't that the name of of uh, Tom Cruise's kid? Siri or something like that? Sur, sur, I think it's Suri, S-U-R-I? Yeah, but- I don't know. Yeah, it's but a- I'm sure that if Katie Holmes has an iPhone, she's constantly saying, hey, Siri. <laughs> right? Her kid's like, what? Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> Oh yeah, I I forgot to mention this. I was talking when we were talking about uh, names too. I was talking about my name and and I got off point, which is uh, I mentioned that my name is the most popular middle name, right? No, you didn't. For the last twelve decades in the United States, Marie has been the most popular middle name. I think it got surpassed recently by May, which I don't know anybody who's got the middle name May, but. I know a lot of Lynn middle names and a lot of K middle names. Yeah. But Marie, I mean, but, but May, interesting. Okay. Although my aunt, I had an aunt with uh, the middle name May. Her first name was Malvina, Malvina May. Wow. 
Yeah, pretty bad. She changed her name legally to Moose. She did? Yeah. She hated her name so bad she changed it to Moose. That's better? Well, she had a weird sense of humor and she married a guy whose last name was Hunter. She changed her name to Moose Hunter? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to do with that, Marie. Well, look at it. Malvina. circuited me. Did you short circuit? Look at Malvina. First of all, the first part of that word is mal, which means very bad, I think, in pretty much every language. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, it does. You're right. And I don't even know what Vina is. (laughs) What is her name? Like, bad wine? Is that what? (laughs) No, it could be. But I used to joke with her that I thought her name sounded like a venereal disease. Oh, it does. Or a cure for one. Did you take your Malvina yet? You got any extra Malvina? I'm not going to be able to record next week because I've got a really itchy case of Malvina. (laughs) My Malvina's a flaring up again. Oh my God, Becky. My Malvina is flaring. (laughs) Okay. Anything else that we are fearing about names today? I mean, we covered a lot of ground. No? All right. (laughs) Okay, great. And um, anyway, I think I think we should uh, play ourselves out of this episode with a little music. Oh my God, Becky, look at her butt. It is so big. Okay, wait, wait. Wait, wait, I just noticed an irony. I mean, ironically, ironically, Becky is listening to someone. She's not the one saying it in that song. Right. It doesn't really seem to matter. That's true. It's like secondary sexual harassment. Have you heard about this? So let's say somebody is saying something that would qualify as sexual harassment to me about someone else and I'm listening, I can still be accused of sexual harassment for listening to it. Oh, to listen to it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So by that standard, the Becky and the Sir Mix-a-Lot song is guilty of secondary butt shaming. Probably Karen who was saying it or something, you know? (laughs) Or Stacy. Stacy gave out a bunch of blowjobs. I mean, Stacy took her her mouth off of Chad's dick for a moment <laughs> to comment on that girl's big butt. Oh my god, I almost said something super dirty, and I stopped myself. So my mother listens to this, you know. So, oh, hopefully my mother-in-law doesn't listen to. This. Sorry, mother-in-law, if you listen. Yeah, just for a mother-in-law content warning. Yes. Oh my god, Becky, look at her butt. It is so big. <laughs> you've been listening to now fear this please go to itunes and rate us don't rape anybody give us five stars and write a hilarious and terrifying review for us to read on the show oh, email us at fearless at nowfear.com and go to our website man i'm telling them to go do a lot of shit aren't i go to our website at fearthispodcast.com and subscribe there for life-changing content life-changing content folks <laughs> oh my god Becky, look at her butt. For sure. All right.